0: Good morning, and thank you for joining me uh, this morning as we continue our Read Through the Bible plan. And we have made our way into the book of Ecclesiastes. And I have uh, uh, remarked on a number of occasions how much I have come uh, to appreciate, uh, to be uh, fascinated uh, by uh, this particular book. Uh, Most any of the uh, literature, the commentaries that you might consult uh, regarding this book, we'll, we'll describe it as, as a very difficult book, certainly a, a book that is would be difficult to preach, it would be difficult to, uh, to summarize, and uh, uh, many would say because uh, uh, that it uh, moves from thing to thing to thing, from subject to subject to subject, and even at times seems to take uh, uh, contrasting or even contradictory uh, Uh, approaches and and attitudes uh, regarding uh, particular issues and, of course, um, we know the Bible doesn't contradict itself. Uh, I would uh, explain that by uh, saying a a couple of things that uh, certainly the author it uh, takes time to to maybe nuance uh, a perspective on a particular subject, and uh, you know if you look at a subject from this perspective, well, this is the way it uh, seems, and if you look at it from another perspective, maybe perhaps it looks a bit uh, differently, and so uh, it is a, a question of perspective. It is not. Something unique to Ecclesiastes, it's uh, kind of a a give-and-take that we see uh, throughout the biblical wisdom literature. Uh, I think most conservative scholars still would identify David's son, Solomon. Uh, the third king of Israel as the, uh, the author, or certainly the, the primary author. And uh, uh, I, I, I agree. I think it, it is uh, Solomon. Uh, he is the one identified in, in chapter 1 and, and verse 1 as the, the preacher. Uh, the, uh, the Hebrew is koaleth. Um, it's uh, from the Hebrew kahal, which comes into uh, Greek as ecclesia, uh, hence, the name of the book Ecclesiastes comes from this uh, word uh, Ecclesia, ecclesia uh, the, the gathering, uh, the, ga- the assembly, a- in which uh, is translated into English as the church. So, uh, the idea is that of uh, the Koaleth is a teacher. He is one that stands uh, before uh, the uh, the assembly, and so. Uh, uh, Solomon was known, known to be a writer of wisdom, a seeker of wisdom. Uh, in 1 Kings it's recorded that he uh, prays for wisdom, but, but it does trouble uh, commentators that, that uh, a man that, that's known for such great uh, failings, uh, even uh, apostasy uh, for uh, a seeming lapse into uh, idolatry and certainly uh, pursued a course in life, uh, that was uh, both morally uh, sinful and uh, and practically and certainly politically unwise at uh, at times, and so. Uh, uh as you read through the book, uh, simply uh, keep in mind uh, that like all of the Bible, uh, it is a testimony to God and God's faithfulness and to God's ultimate plan, uh, his ultimate revelation uh, being in his son, uh, Jesus Christ. And so uh, just at the most broad thing that we can say about the wisdom literature is that Jesus Christ is wisdom incarnate. Uh, that he is the one who uh, lives wisely. He is the, uh, the one uh, that looks at the world and understands all of its complexities and all of its various circumstances and responds to each and every circumstance perfectly. Uh, again, the, the wisdom lit- literature, much of its design is to give counsel uh, to life in a fallen world. And so Jesus uh, perfectly lives out his life uh, in this, uh, uh, this fallen world. And it is in Christ and in Christ alone uh, that we find hope uh, in the times of despair that's so often reflected upon uh, within uh, this wisdom genre. Uh, uh, certainly, uh, the, the writer of Hebrews spoke to this very issue. Uh, in chapter 1, verse 1, he said, Long ago and at many times and in many ways God spoke to our fathers by the prophets, but in these last days he's spoken to us by his Son. So God spoke. He, he gave inspiration to the prophets of old, uh, they wrote, uh, they they wrote of Jesus. In fact, uh, Jesus himself indicted the religious leaders of his day, uh, as recorded in John chapter five thirty nine. You search the scriptures because you think that in him, in them you have eternal life. It is they that bear witness uh, about me, and so Paul can identify uh, the Lord Jesus as the uh, not only the the power of God but the wisdom of God. And so uh, Jesus, again, wisdom incarnate, the one who uh, lives uh, wisely, the one uh, that uh, instructs. And uh, certainly since uh, Solomon was a king, we were reminded that uh, uh, on uh, the king's best days, uh, they were imperfect and inadequate kings. And uh, the promise of a king is ultimately uh, fulfilled in that perfect uh, uh, warrior king who is also the good shepherd, our Lord Jesus Christ. And so all of the uh, prophetic books and all the books of of the wisdom literature, uh, uh, whatever they say is in view of and keeping uh, with the uh, older covenant. And so the Lord Jesus is the ultimate keeper of the covenant, living wisely under its uh, terms. And so uh, he is also the one that fulfilled uh, all of the predictions and all the promises of the prophets, he lived obediently under the, under the law and suffers uh, its curses and is therefore qualified to be the mediator of the new covenant. So all of those things provide somewhat of a framework. For us to read this particular book. So with all of those things being said, uh, let's take a quick survey of the first four chapters. Again, uh, we are going to to take uh, and do uh, four chapters at a time. I know that's a bit of a disservice. Uh, I will remind you that I think it was last year that we did a a little more uh, deep dive by doing some daily devotions from the book of Ecclesiastes, they were no by no means exhaustive studies, but uh, uh, we can probably find those for you uh, if you have an interest in some uh, uh, some extra thoughts from this uh, wonderful and challenging book. Our focus is going to just be off the first two verses of uh, chapter one, and uh, the book opens uh, with this uh, despairing cry of. Uh, uh, the life is, is, is meaningless, it's a vapor, it's, it's a mist. Uh, different uh, translators have translated that in, in different ways. Uh, and what Solomon is expressing, that apart from God, that all of the things that we might enjoy, acquire, uh, have authority over, possess. Uh, at the end of the day, uh, they, they do not fulfill, they do not satisfy the deep longings of the human heart. Uh, here in chapter 1, we see a couple of lines. I think uh, uh, Ecclesiastes is one of those books that has uh, uh, popped up uh, in various uh, uh, forms of popular uh, literature. Uh, in, in verse 5 of chapter 1, we see the sun rises and the sun goes down, certainly uh, Ernest Hemingway may have picked up on that to entitle uh, one of his novels, uh, "The Sun Also Rises." Uh, the wind blows to the south and goes around to uh, the north, uh, and then uh, all streams run to the sea, uh, but the sea is not full. Uh, uh, the old rock group from the seventies, Kansas, uh, uh, wrote in the song "Dust of the Winds," "Dust in the Wind," that we're just a drop of water in an endless sea. I don't know if they were motivated by. Uh, that uh, particular uh, phrasing or not, but you, you see something of uh, the truth of how it is to be uh, without the hope uh, of, of a Savior. So chapter 1, uh, everything ultimately is vanity. Again, remember, apart from God. Uh, and then he, he in, in the succeeding chapters, he unpacks uh, uh, wisdom is, is fruitless at some point, Uh, Self-indulgent pleasure, uh, excess, again, uh, proves pointless, Uh, even when you choose to to live in obedience to God, live under the terms of the covenant, uh, living wisely. At the end of the day, we all still die, so what is uh, the point? To to work hard, to accomplish, and again, remember the old covenant uh, very clearly, uh, outlines a program by which uh, uh, men should work hard within the, the framework of national Israel and they would be rewarded for their, for their diligence. Uh, then chapter 3, again, uh, what's entered uh, into our popular culture. We uh, can remember another song from the 70s, uh, Turn, 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 uh, by the Birds. They, they, they basically quote uh, these verses, that everything has its place, its time, according uh, to the economy of, uh, of God. And then uh, chapter 4, again, uh, the realities, the, the cataloging of uh, various aspects of the fallenness of, of our world. And so the lament of, of chapter 1, again, our, our focus, uh, let's read verses 1 and 2, the words of the preacher, the son of David, king in Jerusalem. Vanity of vanities, says the preacher, vanity of vanities, all is vanity." And then he goes on to uh, begin to catalog, to particularize the various ways in which life under the sun uh, has no point and has no uh, meaning, and so uh, we've said that we believe Solomon Uh, is the author. Again, he's the one that's the coalesh, the preacher. He's the son of David. He's the king in Jerusalem. And it just seems like that's the the one that uh, uh, is being described there. And so uh, if you live your life apart from God, no matter uh, what your accomplishment, uh, what degree of success you may have, what power you acquire, uh, it, in the end, will not satisfy you. It will ultimately, as you stand before God, and that is all you have, is these uh, temporal types of accomplishments, then to be, to be sure. Uh, they will not count. They, they, they will score you no points uh, in uh, eternity. And so uh, time passes. Uh, the calendar pages continue to turn. And there is nothing that is uh, trustworthy, there's nothing that is substantial, Uh, there's nothing that endures according to life or the the view of life apart from God and his testimony to us. And so that's uh, kind of discouraging, but remember, uh, the ultimate contrast is, indeed, life is meaningless apart from God but life has great meaning with God. So again, that's the unstated but yet implied uh, contrast there. So uh, I hope this is a blessing to your day, and I'll look forward to seeing you once again tomorrow.